Shot up nicely. He's standing for taking it on. Walker! Long range now for Staniforth to take. She'll be looking to lift this over the two-player wall. And Birmingham City have taken the lead. A lovely free kick found the head of the Birmingham City captain. Jordan finds Arthur. Arthur goes for a shot from distance. Oh, and it has to just be tipped over. Back to Staniforth, who strikes it with her left boot. And that's goal number two. It's a lovely finish into the top corner. Guided in by Lucy Whip. Just gently lofted out of the reach of the keeper. Might be another chance for another goal. Cracking save by Hampton. We are joined today by Birmingham City midfielder Rebecca Holloway. The 24-year-old's journey to the Women's Super League started in her hometown of Nailsea, where she played for a local boys' side from the age of five. Her early days kicking a ball around earned her a place at Bristol City Academy, where she was coached by former England manager Mark Sampson. Holloway then made the decision to go to America, to university, and she made a name for herself as a goal-scoring midfielder for Cumberland University. She was named back-to-back -back Mid-South Conference Player of the Year and had a final season goal return of 22 goals in 20 appearances. Her exploits in the States led her to the move to the WSL and her first professional contract with Birmingham City. Welcome to the show, Bex. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Glad to have you on the show. Let's start with your time in the US, Bex. You went to Cumberland University in Tennessee, studying yeah, a degree in health and human performance. What was university life like over there for you? I actually really enjoyed it out there. My first year was a little bit of a struggle. I think I wasn't really used to being away from home for such a long period of time because I was never someone that really got homesick. And then that was like, I think my first real experience of being away from home for like a long time. And it just kind of caught up with me. And my first semester was definitely the hardest. But then after that, I really enjoyed the life out there. And I even stayed in the summer. So we'd only come home at Christmas and all the people are so friendly and welcoming. And I made great friends out there. And the football was, was great. The weather was great. So I didn't really have many complaints being out in the States. That's good to hear. Obviously, uh, for, for people who go to university in the UK, they can they can occasionally go back to see the family maybe on the weekend. But if yeah. you go somewhere as far as you did, it's obviously such a big commitment to go back and see people. So it, I, I can see how you can be more homesick given that you can't really get over there. Your goal scoring exploits uh, for Cumberland really excited us Blues fans when we heard you'd signed for the club mm -hmm. this past summer. Uh, you took a while to start scoring with Cumberland, but when you started finding your shooting boots, they really started to rack up. Was that a confidence thing or did you mix anything up uh, to improve your goal return? I think it definitely was a confidence thing. Again, my first semester was definitely a learning year, my freshman year, because it is a different environment over there. They're definitely more about athleticism rather than like your technical ability. So it was a lot of, you know, fitness and like a lot of emphasis on conditioning compared to like technical drills and things with the ball. So it took quite a while getting used to that. And also, I think they were trying to find a position for me. They knew they wanted to play me, but it was just kind of where would I fit in the team? So they had me in midfield, which was new to me because I came from Bristol Academy where I played left back. So that's kind of all I knew for most of my playing career until I went there and they put me in the midfield. And I was happy to do that because I'm definitely a player that likes being on the ball a lot, creating opportunities for the team. 
but again because it was new to me I think my coach at the time was still trying to find a fit and then with some injuries that happened I ended up being moved back into like my defensive roles and that's probably why I wasn't scoring as much but going into my sophomore year I just remember over the summer and um, I came back and I trained with uh, Bristol City my old club and kind of gained some confidence there and then took that back out into the States where I got played in midfield again and that's when I just really started scoring goals and it just came naturally to me and I didn't really have to think about it much and then as the years went on I spent summers out there and I would just be at the field basically every day because that's the only entertainment I had when I was there because I was living on campus so I was just shooting every day doing footwork conditioning and it just translated into my game so what I was doing and practicing in the summer I just took into the games and then it just all came naturally and I guess I just kept building confidence each game and the goals just kept coming yeah absolutely the more training you put in obviously the better you're going to get and that's come that proves um, how your record improved over the time you were over there and Mm -hmm. um, do do you have a favorite goal from your time with Cumberland is it okay I have two (laughs) yeah go for Um, it I'd have to say the one against uh, Georgia Burnett um my I think it was my junior year just the way I hit it uh you just like one of those moments where the minute it leaves your boot you know it's going to go in and then probably my senior year first game I got a hat trick and the first goal I scored was literally by the halfway line and it just went in top right corner and uh it felt really really good so I'd have to say those two they both sound superb goals and no doubt they're probably somewhere um, in video form that they probably can catch. So have a look yes, out for that. For, no no doubt indeed. Um, <laughs> Tennessee is home to a lot of Southern cuisine. Uh, did you try things like catfish, biscuits and gravy and cornbread while you were over there? I definitely did, yes. All healthy foods, of course. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they love their fried food over there. But no, I actually, uh, I made a almost like an adopted family out there um so shout out to Angie and Wayne um they're great people they cooked stuff like sweet potato casserole which is like my favorite um don't know if you've heard of it do you know what that is uh I like sweet potato I don't know if I've had it in a casserole (laughs) it's like uh it's almost like a dessert because they actually put marshmallows on the top of it okay or like um pecans and stuff so that was definitely my favorite but I tried catfish once yeah I'd have it again not really a fan of cornbread biscuits are very much like scones here yeah more salty I would say yeah and then a lot of fried chicken stuff like that while we're on the topic of food uh what is your go-to cheat meal Ooh, probably pizza I'd have to say what type of pizza, pizza do you like I would say yeah I might get judged for this but I like pineapple on a pizza, so I usually get pepperoni and pineapple. I like pineapple on the pizza. My my girlfriend really doesn't like it, so we we we're at uh, loggerheads most of the time when I want it, on, and she doesn't. But yeah, it it yeah, it is a, people, it is a, a subject that divides people. Weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with think, you on I that one. I think it's normal to have pineapple on a pizza. Yeah. We'll probably anger people, but <laughs> I, I I agree with you for that one. Football is a very popular sport uh, worldwide, but the United States also has a lot of other sports that dominate the media. American football, basketball, baseball. Did you become a fan of any of them while you were over there? Or did you already have a fondness for any of them before you went over to America? I didn't really have a fondness. Um, it was only when, yeah, when I was there that I started to learn that, you know, American football's probably the biggest thing over there. 
so I didn't even I didn't know any other rules I just knew that it was a really long game like some games can take over three hours so I never really went to the football games at the university but when I went to my first NFL game was Tennessee Titans and I actually really really enjoyed it and I think it helps when you know the rules of the game but if you don't it's definitely boring to watch I would say um and then I really enjoyed watching basketball as well. I always went to the university games, so I was a big fan of those. So I'd definitely say um, probably more basketball than anything. Out of like the main American sports that I enjoyed, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I when I was in Swansea University, I, I got really attached to the basketball team. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching it. It's it's, it's a very fast paced sport to watch, especially yeah, up close. I think which that's is, why which I enjoyed good. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you also played in the Women's Premier Soccer League, the WPSL, during your time in America, playing for Nashville Rhythm. How yeah. did that compare to playing soccer for your university side? I have to say, and my alumni is probably going to hate me for this, but I definitely enjoyed playing for Nashville more, I think. And I think that's just because I was playing with girls that had the same like desire and passion that I did about the game compared to my university team they were like d1 players so uh ncaa so they were in the divisions like higher than my university so i enjoyed playing with them a lot more it was just like a higher standard and um a a lot quicker game and so i definitely enjoyed playing with nashville more than my university team and i think that also helped to playing with them in the summer because you know the pace of that game i then took into my university game so I think that helped a lot as well with like getting me ready for pre-season and stuff like that yeah absolutely um, I, I imagine the the age range of the squad is different as well to the university side where you got more perhaps more younger players compared to maybe the WPSL where which probably has more veteran players in who quite might maybe not didn't quite make the NWSL is that is that fair to say yeah that is really really true yeah there was definitely um girls there that all different ages so from 18 to I think the oldest at the time I want to say was like maybe 28 yeah um so yeah I mean 10 years difference between some of the girls uh we can watch the NWSL over here in the UK they they recently uh announced a deal with Twitch to show the games on there going forward uh but how does the WPSL compare to the level we see in the NWSL is it another step up the NWSL yeah I would say I would say it's a good transition going from the WPSL to the NWSL. Obviously, the NWSL would be a lot faster. The girls are so well conditioned. So I do think the WPSL almost preps you for maybe going into the NWSL. It's also finding the right team in the WPSL as well, because I know some teams might not be as up to the standard as others. So it's also just finding the right team in the WPSL to get you prepared to go into the NWSL. But I'd say the standards are similar. Um, There's different regions, obviously, around the States that you can play in the WPSL. So I'm not too familiar with how other teams are in those regions. But I know in the South, they had girls that were on like the US Women's National Under-20 teams playing some of the WPSL teams so the standard was still very high so I do think that you know it could definitely be a league that preps you going into the NWSL. Yeah absolutely it certainly sounds that way. 
you said yeah. in the past that uh, Welsh international Jess Fishlock is your inspiration, having trained with her at Bristol. What is the biggest lesson you've learned by playing with her? Um, I think just just her work rate, her work ethic. She was always a player that gave 110% at training and she always came up to me and would give me feedback uh, during some of the sessions, which, I mean, as a young player, getting that advice from a first-team player, you're obviously in awe and you take everything on board that they're saying. So I always appreciated that, you know, she could take the time out of her session to come and give me feedback especially when we did like 1v1 drills and stuff like that. Um, if I was ever defending her, she'd be like, oh, okay, well, if you had your, your body shape this way and things like that, then, you know, it puts off the attacker. And so I still remember now to this day, like the feedback she would give me. And yeah, I definitely looked up to her just because she gave 110% and everything. And I mean, even in the gym, when we'd go in the gym, I'd see her doing like additional sprints on the treadmill before a session. And so she was definitely someone that you could look up to and inspire to be like. Yeah, absolutely. She's that sort of player who you can, you can tell she's dedicated to the sport, and yeah, she has she sure. has a certain she has a certain swagger in the same way as like Megan Rapinoe does. She, you 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 can tell that she is someone who isn't going to shy away from giving her opinion if she needs to, but also no, shows on the very. pitch with the way she plays. And she's someone who's still playing at the top level into her thirties now. And do you hope to do the same and play as long as her, or being well? Oh yeah, definitely. And I've even wanted, because I still keep up with the NWSL. Um, so I've even watched a few of her games on like YouTube and stuff like that for Seattle. And I've always been like, oh, I want to go and play in Seattle. And so I even hope one day to play in the NWSL. And I mean, it'd be great if I could even be on the same team as her again, but I definitely hope to, you know, have a career that takes me into my thirties. Um, I think that's every player's dream to play as long as they can because obviously it is such a short career span yeah absolutely and obviously the NWSL is getting more popular each year now based on the fact that America keep winning things and they've obviously got some of the best players playing over there and it's an unusual season the way that they can play half of the year there and the half of the year in Australia it's a different uh, mindset to be in and it's an interesting one for players like Claire Emsley who left Man City to do so and she obviously won with Melbourne recently in the uh, W League in Australia and then we'll be back over for Orlando Pride Going on to Birmingham then, uh, Bex, uh, you joined Birmingham in the summer. Tell us how that move came about and how it felt to be signing your first professional contract. It came on pretty quickly, actually. It was almost uh, unexpected because I knew I wanted to go and play professionally. I was in talks at the time of, you know, which clubs were interested and and everything. And um, I felt like it wasn't almost going to happen because it felt quite late and, well, close to pre-season. I felt like teams had already made their signings so I was almost worried that I was going to like miss out um, and that I'd maybe left it too late but I ended up getting a message from my agent and saying that you know Birmingham's interested and they want to offer a contract my response to him was really question mark and like I was almost you know confused or shocked that they'd you know were interested in wanting to sign me and I didn't quite believe it at first I didn't tell anyone at the time because I didn't really think it was true. And then, you know, paperwork came over and I was like, okay, this is actually happening. And that's when I finally started to kind of, you know, even tell my parents because I kind of kept them in the dark about it as well. Two weeks later, I was basically there for preseason. So it all happened within like two weeks. It was very, very quick. And 
because I was in the States actually when it happened. So I had to, you know, pack up my life there, move back home and yeah, and go straight to Birmingham, basically. I was absolutely thrilled. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. And it's obviously a whirlwind, uh, sudden move, as you say. Yeah. Uh, you, you've mentioned that you played left back a bit during university and then you've been asked to play as a centre-back, starting centre-back this season. Uh, did that transition, did you find the transition difficult? I did find it difficult, I think, just because the environment is so different. Being in a professional environment, everything's a lot quicker and um I think just adjusting to that, like the speed of the game, took me a few sessions. But I mean, it was no different going from like centre mid to another centre role. It was just more that I couldn't go forward as like an attacker anymore. And I think I just couldn't really get my head around that because I was just so used to like going forward and being more involved with the attacking play that I wasn't in a defensive mindset so I think it was just difficult getting my head around that they they didn't really see me as a midfielder it was just they actually saw me as a centre half when I came in so I was almost just put straight into that role with you know no kind of warning um so I did have to really like learn quickly and adjust to that position quickly but it is no different really going from a centre midfield role to centre back it was just more that I was restricted in what I could do and I think my mindset had to change from being an attacker to a defender now and I think that's just what I struggled with the most. Yeah I can see that and from the clips I've seen of you playing in the past you strike me as a player who likes the freedom to get forward at every opportunity is that is that how you see yourself? Yeah I I definitely liked having the freedom in the midfield and that's what my university and even playing for Nashville gave me and I think that's just how my confidence grew too, is that my coaches trusted me and they, you know, allowed me to have that freedom in the midfield. And I think that's why everything just came easy to me then. But whereas now I think I just started to put that pressure on myself of, okay, I've got to perform. It's a new position. Um, You've got this starting role. Don't mess it up. You know, um, it's your first professional. Like there's just loads of things that go through your head. And yeah, it was definitely a, a difficult transition for sure. You obviously got the the experience of Keris Harrop at the club and uh, Harriet Scott also, who um, came in to partner you in cent- centre-back when uh, Keris got injured. Just having those two experienced players in the team, uh, what, what sorts of things have they helped you improve yourself as a centre-back um, this season? I think my, I, I'd have to say my most improved thing was my communication. I think when you're put into a new role, you lose your voice a bit because you're scared you're going to give the wrong information to a player and then that kind of you know ruins maybe the team dynamic they definitely helped me with communicating and you know they said you know don't be don't be afraid to shout at the players don't be afraid to give information and tell them and stuff like that because they're very vocal players and I think with them being so vocal it helped me be more vocal and find my voice at the back so I definitely think that's something they helped me improve a lot in was my communication yeah it's great to hear a little bit about your international football career now, Bex. You've been capped at under-19 level for Northern Ireland and have made the bench multiple times for the senior side. What's the experience been training with the senior side and has manager Kenny Shields told you what you need to do to make that final step into the starting eleven? While I was in the States, everything kind of changed with Northern Ireland, you know, with the change of manager and everything, because I was with under-19s with Alfie Wiley. And then obviously Kenny came in and when I 
you know, uh, signed with Birmingham, he was immediately in touch and wanted me to come in and got invited into um, the camp in August. And I know he wanted to give me some playing time and everything, but I think just because I was a new player coming in and they had already kind of had their core group, I think he was just more focused in, on seeing those players play and because they were used to playing with one another. And I, I mean, for me, it was kind of like a learning camp. And I even voiced to him that I didn't really feel mentally ready to play at that time which he respected. I think what it was, was coming from the States so quickly um, into Birmingham and it being such like a big transition for me. Um, And then obviously going straight from Birmingham again to Northern Ireland, everything kind of happened very, very quickly. And I think just mentally as a player, it was a lot to cope with at the time. And I just basically voiced to him that, you know, I just need to focus on my club football right now you know because it's my first you know professional career I want to make sure everything's right there and before and like I want to get myself you know mentally in the right place before I return to international football and he totally respected that he's given me the time away to you know focus on that and whenever I feel ready to you know rejoin the national squad then I think he'll be welcoming me with open arms but obviously of course I've got to work hard it's not a case of oh yeah I'm just going to walk back into the squad now I've got to obviously work for it and prove to him but I just I really do respect the fact that he understood and he gave me that time away to just focus on my club football before I felt ready to rejoin the squad with Northern Ireland. Yeah, that's completely understandable. And uh, maybe in an ideal world, that's sort of what would happen at Birmingham as well. When you came in, you didn't have to be thrown straight into a position that you're unfamiliar with. But uh, the needs must with um, obviously all the players who left in the summer. Before we let you go, Bex, I've got a few more things to ask you, helping us learn a little bit more about the player off the pitch as well as on it. You grew up in Nailsea, a town in Somerset. (laughs) Yeah, basically. No, me and my friends, I mean, we were like the little hooligans of Nailsy, I would say. <laughs> we always were running about the place and, um, you know, just I was definitely an outdoorsy kid with my friends and we're always playing games outside and, you know, going in the woods and stuff like that. Can't complain about my childhood. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a lot of fun. I believe yeah. being a Somerset born and bred uh, individual, are you a fan of cider? I'm not. Gosh, I sound really bad, don't I? I'm not a fan of cider. <laughs> what do you prefer instead of cider? I'd have to say I'm more on the spirit side, so maybe like gin and stuff like that. <laughs> the complete right. opposite. Do you have yeah. a particular gin you like more than others? Um, not really. Maybe like a Bombay Sapphire, if I had to be bougie. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. And finally, in your recent Q&A on Instagram, you revealed your favourite movie is Transformers. Uh, What is it that sets it apart from the rest of films for you? Do you know what? I honestly geeked out so hard at Transformers. I think it was just, I think I saw it in the cinema and I was like blown away that these cars could transform into these super cool robots. And since then, I've just like stuck with it. And it was a film I ended up getting, I think, as a gift on DVD. And I just watched it over and over again. So, I mean, I kind of had to claim it as my favourite movie. Do you have memories of the cartoon or is that just from the, the, the film? Definitely the film. Wait, is there like a TV show? 
There used to be a cartoon. I don't know. How it, I'm, I'm showing my age. Probably it's probably it's probably older than me. To be fair, when it when it's first on, it was it was on it was on uh, morning TV. I think back in the day. And finally, before you go back, is there anything uh, any fact about yourself that people might not know about you? Um, okay, so you said I was like born and bred in Somerset, but in fact, I was born in South Africa. And I lived there till I was about four years old before we moved here to England. That's very interesting. So there you go. The grilling is finally over, Bex. I really appreciate you taking your time to talk to us today. You're welcome. I really enjoyed it. And that was the Great Sense 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you may use and search for Great Sense 68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening, and remember, keep right on!